0: Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City.
1: This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmsted, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining me today. I have a special guest. His name is Harry Johnson. He's from Kingdom Christian Center International Ministries, the senior pastor there. Harry, welcome to Heart of the City.
2: Welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh-huh. I always enjoy uh, hearing the stories of how people came to faith, especially pastors and ministry leaders. And and I always reflect on the fact that... Uh, That God is faithful. I I hear these stories week after week, and recognize the various seasons of life that people go through, and uh, even in our helpless estate, uh, God is faithful to draw us unto Himself. And so, I'm excited to hear your story. You and I uh, don't know each other very well. We met just recently, and I had a chance to to uh, talk. And I thought, you know what? I'd love to have you on Heart of the City. So. Are you, uh, did you grow up around here? Are you from these parts?
2: No, I'm from Detroit, Michigan.
1: Ah, so Detroit away. Lions. Are yeah. you a Lions I'm, fan?
2: I'm still a Lions and a Pistons fan. Oh, Also a Seahawks fan.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, Stafford, uh, I guess, is injured right now, but hopefully, yeah. they'll, hopefully <laughs> they'll do better here in the second part of the season. Yes. <laughs> so Detroit. So uh, tell me about your life growing up in Detroit.
2: I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, a little city called Mount Clemens, had a very good childhood. As I look back on it uh, today, I grew up a little confused spiritually uh, as we grew up across the street from a Baptist church, but yet my mother, who is Japanese, is, is, was a Buddhist. And so I grew up with kind of conflicting her, her religious upbringing. That was very interesting to me.
1: Hmm. So your your so was your uh, journey or your walk? Uh, did you go to church then? Did you go to the Baptist church I, yeah, or did you go to temple? Or what did I, I you do? I went to
2: church and then I would come home and see my mom uh, kneeling before her temple with her incense and 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 doing her chanting. So yeah, it was kind of an interesting upbringing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So um so you heard the gospel at the Baptist church but then you would see a different uh, religious experience at home so how did you how did you uh walk through that in your in your young, young days Well my
2: uncle was a very devout a uh, Christian man he would come over with his bible and ask uh the children to read it to him and everyone would run away And then I'd be left there alone as the best reader in the house and just started reading for him. And so I realized, looking back, that that planted the seed of the word in my heart, and I began to enjoy reading the gospel, literally reading it to my uncle every time he came over.
1: So could he not read, or he just wanted? He was just. A, it was a device to get you to read. The <laughs> he word. could read. He could. He could definitely <laughs> okay. read, but he <laughs> definitely. Uh,
2: he definitely wanted to get the children involved in the work uh-huh. of uh, the Lord, and so. How did your mom feel about that? He, she was okay. Um, she was okay with it all, and, and my father, my stepfather, wasn't a very religious man at all. So my uncle was the one who really led me to, down the pathway of understanding the word of God.
1: Yeah. So, so tell me, when did you finally recognize the need to to receive the Lord, and how did that happen?
2: I didn't understand that as a young man, and then I went away to school in the South, in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. Went to college, and I began to see more people on campus uh, more devout that, than I was in the Word and, and going to church. And then on campus, I lived a pretty uh, unsaved lifestyle, if you will. Hmm. Uh, But I knew the Lord. I felt the tug of the Lord. Uh, But I can't say I really, uh, I I really did what I supposed was supposed to do in college. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so the college experience was not necessarily a walk in faith. You saw. So was it a Christian college?
2: (laughs) No, it wasn't. Oh, okay.
1: But you did you did see people who who, who knew the Lord? Yes,
2: but. we we would uh, pray, we would uh, talk about the Lord. But I didn't I didn't go to church. I had a, a, a brother in, in Nashville at the time. He was in a in a gospel choir, so I would go and travel with him at times with his gospel choir. So I was exposed to it, but I wasn't necessarily walking with the Lord at the time.
1: Yeah. So what happened? What 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 was the moment, or what was the the events that led you to faith.
2: So part of the call of my life is to help mature believers in the body of Christ because I went through a lot of uh, question periods of my life, trying to discover who I was, my purpose, what was real, who was God, what was religion. And so I did a lot of uh, searching, soul searching, if you will. I got out of college, got a job with General Motors, started uh, being an engineer and so forth, and I started my professional career. And still yet, I didn't answer the call of my life. I began to go to church, somewhat after that, but I had one foot in the world, one foot in the church, and kind of living that lifestyle for a long time. And at one point, I finally realized as I was getting older that that the things in the world didn't appeal to me as much as they used to. Hmm. And so I I began to ask God, what's my purpose? What am I going to do with my life? I felt unfulfilled. I had a big hole in my heart. And I think that started the journey of me walking and and answering the call of my life.
1: Yeah. So... Your mom at that time, did she see, or were you live, not living at home then? So she didn't really see that that questioning, or what was going on with her?
2: I had my own place. She did her thing. We, Of course, I loved her. We saw each other uh, all the time, but uh, I, I had my own walk, if mm-hmm. you will, and I mm-hmm. began to uh, go to a church in uh, Michigan, in Southfield, Michigan, and it uh, was really dedicated to the pastor. I enjoyed his teaching style. But then some Saturday nights, I would go out and hang out and stay out too late and, and not make it to church. So still, I had one foot in the world and one foot in the church.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that can last for a while, but typically there's a crisis moment of some, something that happens yes. that where you recognize, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I can't live with myself.
2: Yeah, I was uh, I was quote unquote successful. I was an engineer for General Motors. I was driving a company Corvette down the freeway uh, one morning, and I had a love hate relationship with my uh, snooze button. And I realized I didn't like getting up. I didn't like going to work. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. And I just began to cry out literally to God. You know, where are you? Who are you? And what am I supposed to do with my life?
1: Hmm. And that's when that's when God begins to really speak.
2: Yes. Yeah, he began to deal with me in a number of different avenues. Uh, I broke off uh, some uh, unhealthy relationships. I decided to uh, consecrate myself, give myself to the Lord, began to st- study the Word of God, began to go more regularly to church. And then I, I met a young lady in Seattle, uh, and she was uh, a very devout in her walk with Christ. Mm. And I knew at that point, if I was gonna to try to court her, maybe I better clean up my lifestyle a little bit more. <laughs> and that's literally how it happened. And and my and, and thank God I, I married this woman. But the Lord brought us together in his infinite wisdom, a few thousand miles apart, giving me enough time to strengthen my walk with the Lord and literally uh, present myself as worthy to her. And that's how how we kind of came together from Seattle to Detroit over time.
1: In- interesting. Well, you know, the Lord uses many different things, doesn't he? <laughs> Sometimes yes, he does. it's the love of a woman. Sometimes it's a crisis moment. Uh, whatever it takes, the Lord still knows how to draw us to himself. Yes,
2: yes, he does.
1: So what year
2: uh, did you marry
1: your bride?
2: So I met her in 1996. We courted long distance for a while. i We decided to get married, um, and then I was living in Detroit, and she was in Seattle. I figured if we're going to get married and we're going to be successful, that I should move to Seattle to go to the backside of the mountain, to this (laughs) rainy, dreary place, and and leave everything that I know and come out here uh, literally to a land of prosperity and to uh, start my life and my walk uh, and my call to Christ.
1: Yeah. Well, by that time, Detroit... uh had gone through significant uh, turmoil, hadn't it? I mean, as far as the economy, as far as the industry, as far as...
2: Yeah, the automotive industry ran into a lot of financial difficulties. Um, The the area uh, was depressed. It wasn't very prosperous. Uh, And then uh, I, I was making a transition in my career after 13 years as an engineer. I wanted to move into the financial realm because I was studying a lot of the Bible and what it meant to be prosperous. And I realized I didn't know a lot about money stewardship or what to do financially and it started me on a, another quest to change my career after 13 years and become a financial advisor which coincided with me getting married and moving out to Seattle.
1: Oh, interesting. So that all <laughs> kind of developed at the uh, all the same. So, and you're currently doing that, right? Yes, you're I am. you're a financial advisor and you're a pastor. Talk to me about that. What is that what is that like to be, in, in in our vernacular, we call it a bivocational yeah. pastor. Yeah. So how does that work?
2: So being a bivocational pastor is difficult because you're pulled in a lot of different directions. I have about 200 clients, and of course, they require and have need of me. I pastor a small church. I, I'm married. I have three small children. So life can be pretty busy. And you have to learn how to compartmentalize, to plan your hours, your time, to make sure you put God first and to make sure you're meeting the priorities that are important to you in your life.
1: Yeah. So, And how do you do that?
2: A lot of prayer. Uh, really a lot of prayer, a lot of help. My, I have a fantastic wife, beautiful uh, children, um, and, and I love what I do. I have a passion for what I do. I, I'm called to teach biblical financial principles in the kingdom of God. It's my passion. It's what I desire to do. So everything in my life lines up with that. Uh, call if you will. I do the same thing in ministry. I teach. I mature. I train. I, I do the same thing at work. I counsel. I teach. I train. A lot of what I do in the financial planning industry, believe it or not, is marriage counseling. Tell me about that. Because no two people come to the table with the same thoughts as it, um, uh, you know, as it relates to money. And so I find myself mediating quite a bit or counseling quite a bit, trying to bring bring uh, two. Uh, individuals into agreement in the realm of finances. And I think, whether they know it or not, I'm always praying, I'm always ministering to them. I've had a lot of come-to-Jesus moments, a lot of tears in my meeting, but I find great fulfillment in counseling, helping, and serving people.
1: Well, we're speaking with Harry Johnson. He's the pastor of Kingdom Christian Center International Ministries, and you're listening to Heart of the City. Well, Harry, money really does reflect our values doesn't it it does and that's where the conflicts come because it really how we how we work with money and finances and our possessions really reveals the heart yes and so when you're working in uh, in a marriage situation you're right a lot of times there's two different priorities two two different value systems that uh, the, you know, you may think that the symptoms might be financial problems, but the reality is it's it's different values.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And it's a process that two people have to commit to, just as in a covenant of marriage. You have to agree to become one or to set things up in a mutually satisfying way that meets the needs of both people and allows you to achieve the goals that you commonly agree upon. And that process is not always easy. You know, I meet a lot of couples who do different things in their finances, and my goal literally is to bring them into agreement.
1: I think uh, oftentimes uh, when when we talk to people and they say, I have financial problems, the problem many times isn't that they don't have enough money, probably, it's that they don't know how to use the finances that the Lord has given Mm -hmm. to them.
2: I totally agree. The process of becoming and learning and understanding how to become a good steward needs to be taught across the board in the kingdom. uh, I teach something called the 60% solution where you live off 60% of your income and you have your priorities in place, including tithing, including a financial freedom account, including a a savings account and including something that I call a fun account that you can literally spend from that account, guilt-free reward yourself. But if you live within your means then you're not upside down, you're not in credit card debt, you're not in over your head, and you just live a, a a life of a good steward. And I believe, biblically, that God will bless and honor the couple or the persons that put in the stewardship principles and give you the more.
1: Yeah. Well, you and I were talking before the recording that uh, we've got on 1590 AM, our uh, sister station, Dave Ramsey, and uh uh, of course, Dave is very, very big about cutting up his credit, the credit cards. And, you know, the the, the listeners uh, proclaim we're debt free. There is a real liberation that takes place when you uh, when you don't owe money, isn't there?
2: Yeah, most people, you know, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of prosperity. But there's a there's a there's a there's a, a massive commitment to the amount of uh, lifestyle that we live here. And it's not inexpensive. And so you find yourself running on this treadmill and you literally begin to serve your job or your finances or uh, the things that bring money into the household in an in a, in a idolistic way, if you will. And, and and it's really important to live within your means and to be free from the burden subconsciously or consciously of debt. And I think it's a, it's a heavy weight. It's like a 15, 20 pound weight that people carry around trying to service all the debt, pay off all the people. And you get on that treadmill every month and you have to keep running and running and running. And at some point, it becomes tiring so there certainly is a liberation that happens when you alleviate debt and you live within your means
1: i had uh, a ministry a national ministry one time wanted to get my perspective on on seattle and, and just you know the values of seattle and i and i said one of the biggest problems in seattle is our prosperity
2: yeah i agree
1: you know that uh, we are s- uh, such a prosperous area that um for many there 's not a need for God in their yeah. in their view I agree. in their view that you know they 've got the financial wherewithal to uh, quote, solve their problems, although you and I both know it doesn 't solve their problems, but they right. think it does right, and uh, they can just be totally independent from needing needing the Lord and depending on Him for their lives
2: I totally agree. There are a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest who 've just grown up here, happened to work for different uh, companies and literally became prosperous over time and a lot of other technology companies here a lot of people moving here it's again still one of the most unchurched areas of the nation and so the, the need for God is not as readily apparent as in other areas in which I've lived and it's a real call to evangelism for us not only to go out and spread the gospel but to to teach people what the Word of God and, uh, actually brings to the table the answers that they're seeking the solutions to their problems and and actually to understand that God truly is our source, and, and he provides us with the resources.
1: Well, he does. And uh, I grew up in the Midwest in the industrial area, of the home of John Deere, back in the Quad <laughs> Cities, Moline, Illinois, Rock Island, Illinois. And I think I have a an understanding of what, uh, what your life was like in Detroit in the sense of the mindset of the workers there. Typically, they were blue-collar. Um, many were, uh, in, in, in years ago, were World War II vets. There was a saving mentality. There was an understanding of business cycles. And and uh, people tended to be more conservative in how they approach their finances. Now, some of that's probably changed <laughs> as credit cards have become more uh, attainable for, for the average person. But there is that difference out here in the Northwest as far as prosperity and the view of it is concerned and, and the entitlement uh, mindset. But tell me about your church. Tell me about Kingdom Christian Center.
2: Kingdom Christian Center International Ministries. We started in our home with a prayer group. We were in a one of the largest African-American churches in the, in the Rainier Valley, and it, it disbanded. It hurt a lot of people in that process. And A few people actually came up to me and said, when when are you starting your church? And I I jokingly told them to get thee behind me. (laughs) I wasn't trying to answer that call yet. Uh My mindset, and I was caught up in uh, as a businessman trying to make money, trying to make money, trying to provide for my family. And I told God, let me get the finances out of the way. And when everything's right, then I'll answer the call to ministry. But God didn't listen to my plan. He literally put me in a place where uh, you know, I had to come to him to to see, seek the solutions that I was trying to create on my own. And then I had a young lady come to me and say she's coming over next Sunday for Bible study. And I didn't want to hear her, but she literally knocked on my door and came over and wanted Bible study. And, and, and it slowly started by just hosting a Bible study in my home. And it began to grow through the prayer ministry of my wife. I wasn't trying to answer the call. Uh, still. But slowly but surely, God began to deal with my heart. I, I literally didn't feel that I was worthy of the call. That that was something that burdened me for a long time. And I, I wonder how God could use me to help others. Even though I had a heart to counsel, a, help, a heart to to preach, to teach, to help, uh, the The role of being a pastor was very intimidating to me.
1: Hmm. hmm. Well, the reality is none of us are worthy for that call, you Amen. know, and uh, because it really is all about him, but yet he chooses to use uh, fallible people to deliver his message. Amen. And uh, so... Out of that uh, Bible study with that young lady, that what happened next?
2: So it began to grow. I have a heart for men because I grew up as a confused man seeking the Lord for answers. And then my natural father died. My stepfather came on the scene when I was a young man. He was an abusive alcoholic. I always yearned for the for the love of a man, for a real man to to pour into my life. And I I find myself going from church to church, serving the the pastors um, of the house willingly and lovingly. And, and and gleaning from them pouring into me. But I served probably four different pastors, and unfortunately every one of them uh, came to some kind of um, uh, end, if you will. The, mm-hmm. the church kind of disbanded. Something else happened, something else happened. So my wife was very concerned about my own emotional stability. Are you okay? Because it seems like everybody, uh, every church that we plan in and try to serve, something negative has happened. And I literally— went to God saying, God, I'm looking for the father figure that I never had. I'm looking for the mentoring that I desire. And the Lord revealed to me that the father you seek is in me. Mm. So, it, so it immediately changed my perspective to stop seeking man to affirm me and just start trusting God. And it literally changed the course of my life and the course of, of the ministry. But it also birthed a, a natural uh, uh, affinity, if you will, for for men. I have a heart for men, to teach men, to help men, to train men, to we we oftentimes aren't gro- uh, growing up with understanding how to be a man according to the Bible. And I want to work with young men and even older men, whom I find are just young boys who have grown into men and, and they need help. And so I love pastoring, teaching, and ministering to men. And so we have a small church. We meet at Renton Technical College in the Annex Building. Um we have about 35 to 50 members, and we're growing, and God is good.
1: Amen. So what are you preaching on right now?
2: So I'm preaching on a series called Increasing Your Capacity to Receive, and it's become an umbrella with a number of different spokes, if you will. And right now we're teaching on the words that you profess, what you say out of your mouth, how you create your destiny by what you understand and what you say. And so we're really working hard on on speaking the Word of God, understanding the promises of God, and walking out what God desires you to be.
1: You know, I'm thinking about your uncle you know and he he was able to plant that seed into your heart those many years ago and out of that has come uh, the fruit of righteousness and, and of serving him and that really is the word implanted isn't it <clears throat> that that we learn is we have the word in our heart that it does not come back void it, it does bring fruit it Amen. does bring uh, you know, I, I think of the scripture that says, "Great peace of they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them." There is a peace, there is a, um, a, a a certainty about when we walk in the word. Amen. Yeah, we've got about one minute left, and uh, if someone wants to reach out to you. Do you mind mentioning uh, from, from a financial point of view, from financial planning, mm-hmm. uh, how, how can someone reach you?
2: Okay. My office is in Bellevue. I'm with AGP Wealth Advisors, and the phone number is 428-228-1000. Give me a call. I'll sit down, give you a consultation, and help you in any scenario from budgeting to retirement.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then as far as the church is concerned, um, Kingdom Christian Center uh, International Ministries, how can someone find out more about your congregation?
2: Our website is kccimrenton.org, and we're also on Facebook at Kingdom Christian Center International Ministries, and we have an orange loco, KCCIM.
1: Yeah. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left. Um, sh- share share a, a fresh word with us for, for a couple of minutes about... Uh, what the Lord has you, you mentioned what the Lord's been using you as far as the, the messages he's been delivering just just uh, share a little bit
2: so one of the that. things I like to tell believers is that oftentimes we live a life trying to get more of God our, our quest is not to get more of God our quest literally is to die to ourselves so that he can get more of us and so when you understand the concept of what it means to die to yourself, you can open up your heart to the, to the mindset that God is truly trying to get more of you. He's trying to get you to mirror his word, to walk out his principles, to love one another, to walk in forgiveness and produce the fruit of the spirit in a, in a dying world, a world that really needs love in this hour. So my, my, my heart and my ministry is to help you to evolve and to mature in your understanding. Once you know and have an understanding, it's much easier to serve God.
1: Amen. Well, we've been listening to um, Harry Johnson. He's the senior pastor at uh, Kingdom Christian Center International Ministries. Harry, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. God bless you.
2: Thank you, sir. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmsted at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com.